Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Also feel free to check out our official Twitter account at IC sativa podcasts you can check out and find and subscribe to our podcast on itunes anchor fm stitcher and the google play music store please rate and review us on itunes as rating and reviewing us will help bump up the pod in their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs if you like what we are doing please become a patreon and support us you can you we plan on doing really big things with our humble little projects such as going to trade shows visiting other mmj or recreational states and doing on-field work by supporting us you're able to help us keep the lights on pay rent pay for hosting and equipment and travel and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. Again, that is www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. So I figured I'd have a little bit of fun with this and um, do a uh, throwback Thursday. Um, I remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about how I started my cannabis activism just two years ago. Um, well, I, I wasn't entirely being accurate with that. Um, I remember um, an essay that I, I wrote. One of the, the first essays I wrote in college was about how, like, I had to take like a college writing course as a requirement in UMass Amherst. And, um, within that class we can write like a we can write a research essay on anything and um, I think it had to be at least like five pages or so so for my topic in 2008 um, I decided to write about about um, reforming the then current marijuana laws um, so even back then even 10 or so years ago I was very you know I saw the war in drugs as the sham that it was. So, um, and, and to be accurate, I, I, I started to sort of see this when I was almost 17 years old. And um, the summer of my junior year, when I went to visit my uh, older sister in, in, in LA, you know, I, I smelled weed everywhere. And I saw that lots of people doing weed wasn't really the end of the world it was still it was still a society you know it was still people going about their day and doing their things and you know not everyone is high all day you know and and those that are high are still being adults and getting their their stuff done so you know the current started to pull at that sort of time in my life but as this essay points out i i, I mean i i don't think i really was really sort of throwing my weight and and, and, and and advocating until until college and until I, I, I got this illness a couple of years ago so so I'm, I'm gonna do a 10-year challenge right now and um, 
yeah, so let me read the essay. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Um, oh, yeah, and um, another thing. Um, I'm, I'm doing this because um, I'm celebrating the fact that we got 3,000 listeners. 3,100 listeners. Or 3,100 total listens. So a little bit of bonus content to celebrate that. And hopefully we'll do some more. We'll do another thing to sort of celebrate it too. But I haven't decided what that will be. So let me read it. Current marijuana laws. More harm than good? America is often cited as the land of opportunity, freedom, and rugged individualism. We are often remembered for our equality of opportunity extended to people of various creeds, races, and genders. However, can America fully boast, boast individual rights when citizens are restricted in terms of the substances they can ingest in their systems? American drug policy is, is flawed and outdated. It is a policy that is not alignment with current times and current societal needs. But American America's policy on cannabis is much in need of improvement. It's most in need of improvement and alteration, especially when it has been proven to have legitimate medical properties. There are numerous arguments as to why America should consider legalizing marijuana not only for medical purposes. Medical marijuana has a long history of being found to have many potential medical properties. However, it cannot be fully researched and learned about because of current federal drug laws. America's aggressive drug policy for class one substances has taken away attention from other crimes and overcrowded jails. Despite the negative effects of cannabis, legal and accepted drugs such as alcohol and tobacco are equally as dangerous. Marijuana prior to his prohibition in 1937 has been a prevalent drug in treating various ailments. It has been used in the Middle East and India as a painkiller. During the 19th century, during the 19th century, the medical community within the United States in Canada has conducted numerous studies has conducted numerous studies on the properties of cannabis in treating various illnesses. However, focus shifted towards the pharmaceutical opiates, aspirin, chloral, and barbiturates, Hall and Dagenhart. In, in the early 20th century, cannabis began to be dismissed as a drug and narcotic with no legitimate medical use. The international community started to, to widely reject cannabis in the United States under FDR prohibit, prohibited the use and consumption of marijuana in 1937. Ar Although the global community has ostracized marijuana, studies continue to be done on the properties of cannabis in many nations. In 1964, American scientists found a way to isolate THC, the main the main agent in marijuana responsible for all its psychological and phys physical effects. This gave way to the creation of synthetic THC nebuline, which, which, which can be ingested in pill form. Scientists have been striving to find ways to keep unfavorable psychological effects to a minimum by isolating or reducing dosages of THC. Thus, marijuana sympathizers have argued that the best and easiest way to treat illness is to allow marijuana to legally be smoked. Holland Dagenhart.
Marijuana in synthetic or isolated form is known as cannabinoids. Cannabinoids have also been known to be as effective as certain doses of codeine. Cannabinoids have have been known for their adverse psychoactive effects. Many argue that before cannabinoids can become a serious medical entity, scientists as well as the medical community must find ways to dilute and minimize its effects. Some have recommended that cannabinoids should be mixed with other legal painkillers, Hall and Dagenhart. Another, I mean, amongst many things, cannabis is known for preventing nausea and increasing the appetite of uh, of AIDS and cancer patients. Studies have shown that it also reduces inaugural pressure for patients suffering from glaucoma. Marijuana is also known has also been shown to be effective in treating other diseases such as multiple sclerosis, paraplegia, epilepsy, and quadriplegia, or armento. A few, a few very limited trials and studies have been conducted to figure out the effectiveness of using marijuana to treat such conditions. In treating multiple sclerosis, very few studies and trials have been conducted to fully assess efficacy. In treating cases of glaucoma, cannabinoids have been found to reduce inocular pressure, the leading symptom of glaucoma, by 25%, Holland Dagen Heart. However, due to current federal laws, strides can't be taken to fully know the potential marijuana. According to the article, medical marijuana medical marijuana alternatives, are they justified? How successful are they likely to be? The federal government from 1978 to 1992 has allowed eight people full access to marijuana for medical purposes, as most conventional treatments were not effective for these individuals. Many states during the 1990s started to see the potential for cannabis for medical purposes. In 1996, California became the first state to legalize cannabis for medical purposes as a result of Initiative 215 passing. By by 2001, 32 states had legalized medical marijuana to a certain capacity. About nine states allow, about nine states currently allow physicians to prescribe cannabis to patients. Citizens in these states continue to find themselves at odds with for current federal laws. The Supreme Court had ruled in 2005 that although states may have decriminalized or legalized marijuana for medical purposes, citizens that who use marijuana despite legality in certain states could be held under federal jurisdiction, Hall and Dagenhart. Despite this, despite the threat of federal prosecution and liability, doctors in states like California have recommended the drug to over 350,000 patients. Doctors currently want to prescribe cannabis and cannabinoids to qualifying patients, but many do not want to be held liable for potentially adverse and negative effects of marijuana. Institutions like the University of California, Berkeley have only been able to conduct small-scale studies because of current federal laws and jurisdiction. Though little research has been conducted, medical marijuana has been shown in these studies to cure neuropathic pain better than placebos. Fast tag. Another convincing argument for reconsidering current drug policy in marijuana includes the prevalent problem of increasing prison populations. Prisons in the United States report overcrowding in, in numerous states. States like California and Alabama are at 100 and 
of a, are at 175 and 200% over capacity, respectively. The United States of America has the world's largest incarceration rate, despite only comprising 5% of the global population. Many inmates are barely over the age of 18. Current federal, state, and local law enforcement is costing over $200 billion a year, many of which can be used for funding and improving America's health and education system on a variety of levels. The current drug policy, which emphasizes an aggressive get-tough approach, does little in the way of actually rehabilitating and, and preparing released criminals for life outside of incarceration. As a result, a staggering 50% of criminals are likely to be rearrested and thrown back into jail systems. All of this is costing the taxpayer an average, costing the average taxpayer a significant amount of money. Pierce. The fact that marijuana is illegal does not lend itself to easy and safe distribution. As a result of its prohibition, responsible recreational users and patients can only obtain cannabis through organized crime drug dealers. Organized crime markets have been allowed to proliferate since prohibition. Many of the of its dealers are nonviolent offenders, but as, as a result of current laws, normally law-abiding individuals must obtain marijuana through dubious methods, such as buying from dealers. For example, individuals who wish to purchase medical marijuana in California must obtain their prescribed marijuana from the Cannabis Buyers Club, an organization that obtains its marijuana from illegal dealers. If the federal government decides to lift the ban on marijuana for all purposes, legislation could be made to legally distribute to legally and safety distribute cannabis the law system would not have to make criminals of mostly non-assuming and innocent individuals holland dagenhart the american the american criminal justice system has the best intentions of securing the general public and keeping criminals from disrupting the peace within our society but their oversells enforcement of drug laws have done more harm than good as spending on the federal level has increased exponentially from 1.5 billion in 1981 to 12 billion in 2002. Arrests for drug law violations and charges have increased from 600,000 a year in 1980 to 1.5 million today. As a result of current drug policies, the prison population has increased to over 2 million inmates. The Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, argues that stopping drug possession curbs other crimes. Although there is a high correlation between the two variables, it is simply just that, and it does not prove a causality. Shepard, Shepard, Blackley. To the dismay of many advocates, marijuana drug policies in the near future are not expected to see much debate or reconsideration. Various senators, including John McCain and President-elect Barack Obama, supported the Second Chance Act, which will, which will appropriate over $600 million, $360 million for job training for criminals after they are released from jail. 
Although it's a step in the right direction, further steps will be halted in the near future, as President-elect Obama does not plan to allow federal drug laws to be revisited, revised, and, de and debated, including the prohibition of marijuana. Pierce. If the new administration and other individuals stated to take power are unwilling to revise the drug laws or learn more about the effects of drugs and crime, what is to be said about the future of marijuana? One cannot simply assess its future without fully understanding its effects, both positive and negative, and assessing them in comparison to other drugs. In an ideal world, marijuana just, or just merely induces a case of the munchies and does not harm anyone. But however, there are still numerous problems and concerns that legalized marijuana creates. Numerous studies have been done on the effects of marijuana in America as well as other nations. According to one of these studies, cannabis may be associated with antisocial behavior. Violent and antisocial behavior has been observed in both animals and humans during laboratory observations and studies. The violent antisocial behavior is significant because it has been shown to have an effect on young and developing adolescents. Cannabis use among this age block has been linked to an increased risk of psychosis within adulthood, which is conducive to increasing violent behavior and tendencies in the future. Howard and, and Manx. Despite the fact that many of the negative effects pertain to individuals, serious consideration for revising current drug laws must be considered when they affect others. Marijuana has been shown to affect psychomotor performance and impair reaction times when performing tasks like driving. Marijuana smokers and patients, both patients and recreational users, can just be can be just as much of hazards on the road as drunk drivers. The adverse effects are very apparent in both with both adolescents who use marijuana and have behavioral disorders and adults with both psychological, both psychiatric and substance abuse problems. Marijuana uses only, only exacerbates the problem of these demographics in the long run and will cost Americans money to rehabilitate and treat these people. Holland Dagenhart. Although marijuana is known to have negative and adverse effects, alcohol and legal drugs are equally notorious for negative effects. We live in a society that finds alcohol to be a drink that is not only that is not only appetizing, but makes individuals happy and jovial. People often find the need to smoke a celebratory cigar during the good times in life. Despite apparent social benefits, alcohol and cigarettes have been linked to both cancer and cardiovascular diseases. Recent reviews have con concluded that alcohol and tobacco can increase the risk of various heart diseases. Individuals who, who drink up to three to four drinks per day have been shown to have lower risks of heart attacks. However, three or more drinks per day increases vulnerability towards diseases such as ischemic stroke and alcohol in larger doses increases the risk of myocardial infraction, mucamol, 
Alcohol has also been linked to negative changes in blood pressure. Consumptions of over three drinks daily is has been linked to increased blood pressure. Consumers of three or more drinks have been shown to have a 50% increase in high blood pressure. Mucamel. Given the many facts of these adverse effects of marijuana, alcohol, and tobacco, current laws on marijuana are currently unjustified. Legal drugs have been shown to increase diseases and risk for cancer, as well as a higher rate of fatalities. Although marijuana affects the psyche of adults and children, its positive attributes continue to outweigh the negative aspects. Marijuana, unlike alcohol and tobacco, have actually been proven to eradicate or ease symptoms of numerous diseases such as AIDS, cancer, and glaucoma, just to name a few. In conclusion, drug policy should not, in conclusion, our drug policy should be reevaluated on the principle alone that cannabis reduces more problems than, than it creates. Why should America, better yet the whole global community, let a Depression-era policy shape current medical progress and discovery? When legal drugs have their fair share of problems, illegal drugs like marijuana have been shown to have more effects than alcohol, more benefits than alcohol and tobacco. The next time a law-abiding American individual who resides in the freest nation in the world decides to recreationally light a joy or cure the intolerable symptoms of their diseases, the federal government should be at work hunting down bin Laden or finding America's most wanted criminals. Cracking down on an individual who will just be extraordinarily hungry after their joint is a waste of time, energy, and money. America, uphold your reputation of being the freest nation in the world. And that's the end of the essay. So, it's, I don't know, I, I don't often, like, go back and read my old material or old things that I've done. But I, I figured I'd do this now, you know, for the viewers. And just a, a few quick words about the essay. So, I'm pretty happy with myself that I was pretty hip to the game and it's... 18 years old, 19 years old. And, you know, I was already seeing this as, as a farce and seeing the drug war as, as as a racist war that disproportionately affects minorities, disproportionately jails minorities. And I'm pretty proud of myself for seeing it that way and being, and, and, and already seeing the light that um, the jails are overcrowded and that we shouldn't be putting people in a cage for a plant. So I'm I'm pretty happy that I had that viewpoint even back then. And it's it's crazy to just look at things. When I wrote that article when I wrote that essay, I remember like I had to do I had to I was required to do several drafts for class. And it's always a good it's always a good rule of thumb to do multiple drafts of anything you write. But I remember within one of the drafts, like after the election or whatever, and Obama was elected, I was like I remember having to update a part of the essay that said, "Oh, X about had dog had dog had uh, medical marijuana by doctor recommendation." I was like, "Oh, well, Michigan just did it, so now I have to add that too." So that's just another A side to that. But um, but but yeah, um, I mean, I still think a lot of the same th stuff. But um, 
instead of regulating like alcohol, like I said in this essay, you know, I feel like, and I can't take credit for this, um, Lexis Portel, who was the, um, who was the uh, young lady who, um, who's a cannabis activist and um, who's a, someone who suffers from epilepsy, you know, she was saying that um, that that we shouldn't regulate re, we shouldn't regulate marijuana like alcohol, but we should regulate it like like an agricultural product, which I fully agree with. You know, I mean, us you know hand wringing about impairment when driving, which I mean it does happen and it's true, but um, but I mean for the most part it doesn't have the same effect on your impairment as alcohol does and that's the conversation we need to be having you know and regulating it like alcohol when we don't really have accurate tests test current levels of impairment not just if it's in your blood at the moment and you might have smoked several hours ago when you're and that you're now sober but you know that doesn't matter to a cop with, with current laws but i digress but um but yeah, I mean, just wanted to do this thir throwback Thursday with this essay. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are a few ways that you can do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for housing and equipment and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa Podcasts. You can also support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. If you are feeling extra generous, we have $5 and above tiers. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave me a voice message on Anchor. You can do this by going to www.anchor.com dot fm slash i am cannabis sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at the phone number 617-466-9389 that is 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode if you are in need of some good CBD products, you can also check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp products. You can check them out by checking out this link, um, www.bit.ly slash 33FKRV9. And you can try the following coupon codes. Dogtreat20. Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, and 15% sign off CBD. And you can use those codes to get a discount on various CBD products on their website. And if you're looking to get inexpensive CBD flour delivered to your door quickly and cheaply in New England, check out bostonhempire.com, where you can get frequent sales on CBD flour and other products such as tinctures and edibles as well too. Boston Hempire will get you cheap CBD flour delivered to your door in New England and the rest of the United States for a very, very good price. And I highly recommend their products too.
feel free to enter the URL https colon slash slash shop dot boston dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland peace out and ciao